Looking back at the data in 2020 and credit unions at large lost some market share. It's a very competitive market, of course, with uh, more and more of their members being open to rendering into a mortgage transaction online. So uh, lenders that are, again, experiencing declines in margins and volume are therefore going to be uh, further ramping up marketing towards uh, customers out there, including members of their credit union. Welcome to Talking Mortgage Podcast, presented by True Home Solutions, a podcast dedicated to helping you bring your members home. I'm Doug Holscher, president of True Home Solutions. Here you'll find meaningful ways to serve your members, valuable knowledge from the mortgage industry's top experts, and stories from credit union-minded folks just like yourself. Thanks for being here. Hello to our credit union listeners out there, and welcome back to the Talking Mortgage Podcast. It is really hard to believe that we're in the fourth quarter. Many of you are not only wrapping up your year, but you're budgeting, forecasting, and finishing up your, those strategic plans for the coming year. And today we're here to talk about 2022 and what the mortgage outlook is and how you might respond as a credit union mortgage professional. My name is Scott Burdett. I'm the moderator of the Talking Mortgage podcast, and I'm a strategy consultant that helps financial service companies and the organizations who serve them grow top-line revenue by making changes in how they sell, market, and service their members and customers. Today I'm joined by two True Home executives, mortgage experts, and friends. First, I'd like to introduce Greg Spurgeon, who is the Senior Vice President of Secondary Marketing at True Home. He has 16 years of mortgage banking experience and is responsible for hedging True Home's pipeline and warehouse interest rate risk, purchasing mortgages from credit unions and selling those mortgages to the secondary market. What I appreciate most about Greg is his thoughtful approach. He doesn't have a ton to say, but when he speaks, you should listen because he has something pretty profound to say. Greg, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Scott. That's uh, quite the uh, introduction. Um, I'm setting the bar high for you, my friend. <laughs> I hope we have some uh, talented editors here uh, to help me live up to that uh, uh, introduction. So thanks. Happy to be here. You bet. Second, I'd like to reintroduce someone who you've heard from before on the podcast, and that's Jeff Fossen. Jeff is the Senior Vice President of Originations and Operations. He's worked in the industry for over two decades and is responsible for all mortgage origination and operational functions for True Home, including originations, processing, underwriting, and closing. Jeff's a straight shooter, and he's going to be totally transparent about his thoughts relating to the market and how credit unions can drive more volume in the coming year. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Hey, Scott, thanks for uh, having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Let's jump right into the conversation about 2022. The last 18 months have uh, been pretty incredible in the mortgage industry. Lots of refi volume. Purchase has been strong, although supply limited. Many credit unions have had a difficult time operationally keeping up with demand. Uh, this has started to slow. But Greg, uh, how do you and others believe it will shake out in 2020, 2022? Yeah, Scott, as uh, you mentioned there, um, looking out uh, to 2022, it's uh, going to be a challenging market for uh, uh, the mortgage industry and, and credit unions uh, in that space. And so obviously, uh, again, it's been a record uh, volume environment here as rates plummeted uh, you know, during uh, uh, the COVID uh, crisis and thereafter. And uh, that sparked a record amount of refinance volume. Um, so most of those that are, 
would uh, you know likely enter into a rate term refinance have likely done that by now. Um, there's still some left out there that uh, economically have the incentive to where they still should, um, but we're you know, likely uh, entering towards the tail end of the uh, rate term refinance wave. So that's going to have a uh, impact on production, obviously slowing origination volumes going forward. Um, and then on the purchase side um, as well, um, there is again considerable demand. Um, at the same time, uh, home buyers out there are facing uh, challenges, of course, with uh, limited uh, availability and uh, home price growth. So, um, and as well, if interest rates go up, which uh, I think many in the industry expect will, that of course will put further pressure on affordability. So, several challenges there to the purchase market. Um, but in general, the the decline in refinances, uh, especially rate terms, are really going to uh, cause production to drop quite a bit from where it's been. So we're already seeing that today in the marketplace. That trend will probably, uh, or is expected to continue. So, you know, looking at the latest uh, industry forecast from various economists out there, uh, you know, Fannie Mae, as of right now, has industry production in 2022 off 25, 30% from 2021. So that's a pretty, uh, you know, big decline year over year that uh, the industry is facing. And so, as a result, uh, you know, what uh, credit unions can expect, they probably already are seeing this, but, uh, uh, you know, the industry ramped up uh, employment, uh, you know, not just credit unions, but the whole mortgage industry to meet that uh, additional supply of mortgage originations and so forth. There, there's a lot of uh, excess uh, capacity in the industry. So lenders out there um, nationwide are going to be competing for fewer and fewer deals with uh, you know, largely a uh, larger uh, cost structure or fixed expense on their side. So expect intense competition for the fewer uh, amount of uh, originations available out there in the marketplace. And so that's uh, going to have a, uh, create a challenging environment going forward for credit unions. And I, I wanted to just um, make sure that we really kind of focus in on that point of what the what the experts are forecasting in terms of, of, of the drop of originations. You said 25, you said about 25%, right, in 2022 compared to 21, is that right? That's right, okay. in, in aggregate. Um, if you look in, you know, going into the details there on purchase refi, you know, they actually have purchase volume up a little bit, uh, about 5% or so from 2021. So again, you know, demand is certainly there from, uh, uh, potential home buyers out there. Um, so that is expected to continue to uh, keep origination still historically at a high level, um, but uh, refinances are expected to decline, you know, close to 50% year mm -hmm. over year. So a big drop off in that uh, volume, which uh, lenders out there have been relying upon here to keep uh, volumes where they've been. And I know that those forecasts are uh, looking at the industry in aggregate, the mortgage industry in aggregate, would there, is there anything based on your knowledge and understanding of the credit union industry that would suggest that those numbers would not apply um, to, to the credit union market specifically? You know, I think in, at large in general, those uh, industry trends um, are what credit unions experience. Of course, there are, uh, you know, we'll get into this a little bit here uh, later in the podcast, but obviously there's strategies that credit unions individually can apply to uh, help uh, offset that general uh, overall lack of uh, or, or reduction in uh, production of out there um, to help them, you know, thereby really take market share. Um, but at large, if you look at the mortgage industry, there was about 4.5 trillion originated in 
2020, about 4.3 trillion is expected in 2021 and dropping down to 3.2 trillion in 2022. So at large, that's the pie out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very fragmented industry, lots of lenders out there in that space. Um, so that's what's expected to be out there. It's just a matter of how much can credit unions help uh, to maybe increase their market share. I would say looking back at the data in 2020 and yeah, we'll see what 2021 comes out, but uh, credit unions at large lost some market share. So there's a, it's a very competitive market, of course, with the more and more of their members um, uh, being open to uh, originating or entering into a mortgage transaction online. So uh, you got that dynamic out there where, uh, again, as the industry has uh, high levels of employment, lots of capacity, um, lenders that are, again, experiencing declines in margins and, and uh, volume are therefore going to be, uh, you know, further ramping up marketing towards uh, customers out there, including members of their credit union uh, are mm-hmm. going to be marketed to for transactions here uh, in 2022. Well, my next question, you might tell me is a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, I am known to ask some dumb questions periodically. <laughs> Fire away. But, you know, and it's a, it's a fairly obvious question, I think, but I think it's important that we note it. As you think about these market conditions and how and you know what the forecasts are for uh, next year as it relates to mortgages, what are the risks uh, to credit unions associated with this change in the market? And and maybe sure. don't not just what are the obvious risks, but what are some of the risks that are a little bit more obscure that might not be top of mind? Well, you know, this may be top of mind, but I think um, uh, really for them, credit unions at large, where where they've uh, experience was, again, probably record level of origination volumes here uh, over the last 18 months. Um, but many of them are, uh, for, for various reasons, uh, flush with cash at the same time. So from their balance sheet, um, their mortgage loan portfolio uh, may have experienced flat to negative loan growth, again, despite record amounts of volumes. And so going forward, um, they will likely be even further pressure again on that uh, mortgage loan portfolio as prepayments, uh, you know, may slow down somewhat. Um, but again, if you're experiencing production declines, uh, potentially of 25% as well, um, that's going to be a, uh, a very challenging market to, uh, again, maintain uh, the portfolio where it's at or potentially grow. Um, so likely, again, many credit unions are going to be experiencing um, you know, negative uh, loan growth in their mortgage portfolio. So they've shifted to, to putting more in portfolio rather than selling the secondary market. That trend's existed. But um, I think just looking forward, that's uh, a further risk to be aware of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, prepayments may slow down, but uh, origination volumes may slow down further. Right. Okay. That's good. Jeff, and I haven't forgotten about you. I, I do have a question, a few questions I want to ask you in a bit, but I got one more for Greg, just as we talk about kind of the macro mortgage market environment and some of the risks associated with directionally where it's going. You know, a lot of, a lot of credit unions are in the planning process right now and they're asking themselves, you know, really strategic questions to help formulate uh, some problem solving and creative thinking associated with how to respond to the market. What are some of those questions that you would encourage credit union mortgage professionals to be asking themselves as it relates to the current market and how they respond in, in an effort for them to develop some strategies and tactics? Well, I think, uh, you know, related to what I just talked about here, if I'm uh, a credit union, I'm thinking about uh, how can I um, 
you know, incent or, or, or market uh, to uh, those potential customers that, uh, you know, maybe in the market for, you know, cash out refinance um, or in the purchase market. Again, we talked about purchase will remain strong, but doing what you can to um, uh, be more proactive in marketing to your membership base, um, especially, uh, you know, being more targeted in that approach. Whereas, uh, you know, in 2020 and uh, 2021, you could uh, kind of sit back and let the volume come to you um, as uh, your membership, uh, again, was providing you with record amounts of demand for mortgage activities, um, probably more than you could handle operationally. Um, so that dynamic is just going to shift the other way. And uh, as well, expect uh, further pressure on margins uh, from the revenue side as uh, lenders, again, will be competing for more and more or for fewer and fewer available transactions, that are just going to put, um, you know, a lot of pressure on the margin side. So expect, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, competitive rates out there from uh, competitors. So that, that trend has already started and uh, expected to pick up here uh, in the fourth quarter uh, of 2021 and into 2022. Great. Jeff, um, I know you're on the road. Uh, you talk to credit unions regularly and you're on the road this week at the Cornerstone Lending uh, Conference where you have the opportunity to interact with a lot of credit unions. But from your perspective, as you hear some of these comments from Greg associated with you know what's happening and what the forecasts are for 2022, how well prepared do you think credit unions are at the current moment for this shift in the market? Well, that's a good question, Scott. The, um, some are obviously uh, better equipped to handle this than others. Um, and I, I would probably, you know, take a look back um, at how they reacted to, um, you know, an extreme rate term uh, refinance market. And the credit unions that uh, prior to that market that were, you know, really focused on purchase transaction activity had developed real relationships with realtors. Um, and if they maintain those relationships with realtors, and focused on the purchase production in light of the re, uh, rate term refinance market, those are the ones um, I believe that are going to be positioned as well as anyone coming out of this um, because they will have those relationships. They will have the ability to continue to foster whatever purchase transactions may be able to transpire um, in light of the, the light inventory. Um, some of the credit unions, uh, you know, just were solely focused on rate term refinance to, you know, to, to either add to their portfolio or retain their portfolio, which is, you know, a, a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the um, if they completely abandon uh, whatever relationships they may have had on the purchase side, that's going to be problematic for them um, as, as we move into 2022. Yeah, as we think about, for those credit unions that perhaps uh, had difficulty kind of maintaining those realtor relationships and to really leverage the purchase market, because, you know, they were so busy in the last 18 months with the refi volume, they now have an opportunity to kind of level set and to re-engage that. So if you were to provide advice for what they should focus on over the next 90 days to be prepared for this shift away from being, you know, kind of overly dependent on the refi volume and then be able to capitalize on the purchase environment, what are some, you know, small tactical tips that you would suggest they deploy in the next 90 days to kind of recreate or reestablish those referral relationships with realtors and other potential partners? Well, that's exactly it. You have to, you have to re-engage. 
Um, they're, they're, they might say, where have you been lately? But, uh, you know, if, if uh, <laughs> you can work with them, uh, many of your, uh, of the credit union members, you know, are, are going online and looking for pre-approvals. Um, many of them don't have realtors. So it's always a good situation whereby you can uh, bring a referral to the realtor um, for the home buying process. So that's as easy as it gets, you know, where you might be able to uh, create a relationship with the realtor um, that will provide um, them the ability to help them find a home. You know, also I would say uh, if from a technology standpoint, um, and this isn't small tactical necessarily, but um, directionally you need to make sure that you are working towards being able to provide a very simple, seamless process online uh, for your members to obtain a pre-approval. Um, and then in that process, you can also ask if they're ask if they're working with a realtor. Maybe engage your uh, existing membership um, or review your existing membership to identify if there are realtors within uh, that uh, that population that you might be able to refer people to um, as a member to member type situation. So there's all kinds of opportunities. Um, you just have to be a little bit creative. Um, you know, you, you don't want to be a catcher's mitt where you just kind of get what you get or, you know, most of the bigger lenders um, out there that are very proactive in this market um, will continue to, to gobble up that type of production uh, away from the credit union space. Okay, good. <laughs> Greg, um, building on this question about things that a credit union can do over the next 90 days, what about from a balance sheet perspective? Are there some short-term things that they should be thinking about uh, changes that they should consider, questions they should be asking themselves to, you know, prepare to better prepare the balance sheet for the shift. Sure. Um, you know, related to that, we talked about um, again. It's going to be a challenging environment to uh, experience growth in the the portfolio itself, um, given the lack of production uh, that's expected or the, the decline uh, from what we've been experiencing. But you know, one thing I think that is an advantage for for credit unions out there is the fact that they are. Uh, a depository that, again, has a balance sheet um, that they can uh, place mortgage originations on versus uh, many of the uh, uh, lenders out there are not depositories, so they're uh, non-banks uh, who are reliant heavily upon the uh, secondary market uh, for setting their interest rates. So as the Federal Reserve here is expected to um, begin to reduce their purchases of uh, mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, uh, they're purchasing, I think, roughly $100 billion a month or so right now uh, to help support the economy. They're expected to uh, begin to reduce that uh, bond buying here in November uh, or December uh, as inflation concerns are out there in the economy. So, you know, we've already seen this happen. Uh, here in the last uh, you know, month or so, and this trend uh, may then therefore continue, uh, potentially, is that the yield curve uh, may become steeper. So 10-year Treasury uh, may go up. That's the benchmark for the 30-year fixed rate. Um, but the Fed is so far uh, forecasting they will not be raising the Fed funds rate, which uh, influences more of the shorter duration short-term rate. So therefore, the yield curve may be steeper. So that may give an advantage for credit unions out there that already do offer um, or can create some adjustable rate mortgage uh, offers out there for consumers that will be uh, more competitive from a rate perspective than some of the competitors out there, again, that are not depositories that are relying upon 30-year fixed rates. So I think strategically, that's something I would be thinking about is 
again, evaluating what your ARM programs are, um, how you're setting rates there, and how can you potentially use that to uh, get some production to, to come your way again, rather than going to some of the others that are going to be marketing to your members. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things when market changes like this happen, sometimes people, you know, look at it as a negative and there's reaction and, you know, it's like, we need to cut costs. We need to do this. We need to do that. And, but oftentimes these changes present significant opportunity um, to the credit union as well. And Jeff, I'm wondering if you could touch upon uh, a few opportunities that are going to be present uh, to credit unions as this market shifts. And, you know, we've, we've referenced cash out refis as an example. We've referenced uh, the millennial market uh, being ripe for home purchase. But if, do you want to expand on either one of those or are there other sure. examples of opportunities that this market uh, change uh, has for us? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately the, the, the purchase market itself is going to be an opportunity for a long period of time in light of uh, demand based on uh, low inventory levels. So, uh, you know, we're probably eight to 10 years out from having sufficient inventory to satisfy current demand. So that'll remain robust. And, you know, Seri- whoa, 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 Jeff, seriously, <laughs> tell me yeah. more about that. That's fascinating. Yeah. So um, if you look at household formations over the last eight years, has exceeded uh, new home uh, filled by over 8 million, uh, like I've mentioned, since 2013. So they, I read a story uh, on Bloomberg about two weeks ago that indicated that if current uh, new home construction kept at its uh, current pace, that it would take um, a little over eight years to get back to satisfactory inventory levels uh, based upon household formation. So we're, we're, we're in a hole that we're trying to dig ourselves out of, obviously, uh, as it relates to that as an industry, but that's going to remain uh, robust. And I think that'll keep uh, home prices uh, at, a, at a fairly high level. Um, historically, you know, they've, they've increased over the last uh, two to three years um, at, at, at super high levels. Um, I think it's going to, you know, even out, but, but still that's going to maintain a significant amount of uh, home price appreciation. So with that being said, um, you mentioned cash out. So um, whether you have subordinate financing, uh, student loan debt, or in most cases what's going on because there's not an opportunity to move up uh, if you wanted to get a, you know, a larger home or, or you know, something a little more fancy, um, that people are taking cash out and doing home improvement. And uh, so I think really being focused on your memberships your, uh, that, that actually have equity. So whether it's monitoring your ser- current servicing portfolio or gathering data on uh, your members that you may not uh, currently be servicing loans for to be able to go out and market to them and uh, try to identify those opportunities whereby, like I said, there might be debt consolidation opportunities. Um, if they want a new home or a new kitchen, new bathroom, uh, a completely new expansion um, to improve what they may not be able to find out in the marketplace uh, with a new home. So a lot of a lot of moving dynamics there. I know, um, but those are those are the real opportunities. I think if we shift out of this uh, this rate curve market and and really being focused on on the utilization of data, um, you know whether it's a uh, trying to identify and, and, and mine it yourself internally or utilizing a third party um, to gather that information 
and to really be uh, proactive in, in a targeted marketing type situation as opposed to a complete shotgun approach to your uh, to your membership. Well, Jeff, let's talk about that a little bit specifically at True Home. You guys serve a lot of credit unions across the country, and you've historically really tried to help them uh, take advantage of uh, the purchase environment, you know, various environments that exist in uh, in the in the market. As it relates to the purchase market moving forward, what are some of the things that True Home is really well positioned to do for its current customers and other potential credit unions to be able to leverage the, the purchase opportunity? Yeah, first of all, uh, I'll point to technology. We've made a significant investment uh, and continue to do so in uh, improving our tech, tech stack, um, not only for internal operations, but uh, for uh, the member facing situation. So like I mentioned earlier, you have to have the ability to, to make it a very seamless process for the member uh, to obtain a, a pre-approval online. And, and, and we are in the midst of, of doing that right now and, and should be ready to take that to market where they will be able to actually get a bona fide pre-approval online self-serve uh, by the end of the first quarter of 2022. So that's, that is the, you know, that's an absolute must in this market. Secondly, um, what we've done in the past uh, for credit unions is is provide outbound uh, sales efforts um, where we monitor their current existing uh, membership base. And if they're in the market for a mortgage, we, we work uh, to try to um, let the member know that the credit union offers those uh, mortgage services and see if they would want to, uh, to work with the credit union in that situation. Now we're actually going to kind of become a little more proactive in that situation. And like I mentioned uh, just a minute ago about utilizing data um, to be more of a targeted marketing, more of a proactive type marketing approach. So that's, that's what we're in the midst of. Um, we're, we're really excited about that opportunity um, to bring it to our credit union partners um, to help them enhance uh, the mortgage product within their membership. And, you know, we talk about a 30, 35% decline in, in overall uh, market. Um, volume, you know, year over year here, but our goal is really to help our partners to, uh, to maintain existing, uh, production levels. And that's, uh, that's what we're going to bring, um, to the, uh, existing partners and, and potential partners. And, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can be successful together in that. Outstanding. You know, we started this uh, conversation talking about the fact that, uh, this is the planning phase for many credit unions as they prepare for 2022, both at a macro level uh, from a credit union perspective, but then also at a micro level talking about the mortgage business. And I'd like to put uh, both of you on the spot, uh, Greg and Jeff, to you know, clearly articulate two or three really specific tactics or strategies that you believe should be in their business plans for mortgage moving into 2022. Greg, I'll start with you. All right. Well, <laughs> You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think if, if I was a credit union right now, I would uh, be, uh, again, focused on adjustable rate mortgages and reviewing what you're offering there and what can you offer. Again, if, if the, uh, the uh, 30-year fixed rate goes up, uh, you know, quite a bit higher, there may be some opportunity there. So, again, I think Jeff will touch on this too, but just generally um, you want to be – proactive right now about how do you uh, help offset the potential again decline in the overall market and that's one specific area again I would I would focus on if I was a credit union any others any others well you know I also at the same side you know I think uh, 
you know, evaluating uh, your cost structure and just, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the uh, ability to uh, help generate potentially some more volume than expected uh, by the industry. Um, but again, really looking at um, your operations and uh, how are you staffed and uh, you're doing some modeling around that to ensure that, uh, you know, you're profitable in your, your mortgage operation. That's something that, uh, you know, you got to be focused on here in a a, a downward uh, trending market. Um, so they're already probably experiencing some of that, but again, that, that trend uh, may continue further. So just be on top of that uh, as you're, you're going through your budgets and putting together um, your uh, expectations for, for revenues and expenses. Outstanding. Jeff, how about you? What are a couple of very specific but, tactics? Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny, Greg just stole my thunder there. We hadn't talked <laughs> about cost the entire uh, discussion <laughs> here. And <laughs> that's not as fun. And I, I think that, <laughs> You know, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, how do you uh, how do you grow the top end of the funnel, um, you know, by being proactive marketing, going out and developing real realtor relationships, continue to, uh, to, to develop those, um, and then using data um, but uh, to, to market the members from a cash-out perspective. But really, um, to Greg's point, uh, it's going to be a tough uh, road no matter what as it relates to uh, expenses. So it's you got to look at the whole thing and, uh, you know, as much as you possibly can, um, you know, try to, uh, make whatever expense you have variable, um, in any way, shape or form, make sure you're working with your third party vendors, um, uh, you know, verification services and that sort of thing. Um, you have to be out in front of them and, and continue to evaluate those relationships and, uh, and negotiate, uh, the best possible, uh, cost for those services as you possibly can, because it's going to be, uh, a very competitive landscape, uh, for, for years to come, I think. Great. Thank you, um, Jeff, very much for that. And I want to thank both Jeff and Greg for the time that you both committed to this conversation this morning. You definitely have helped us, uh, the listeners out there understand that the market's changing, uh, Purchase is where the opportunity is. We need to be paying attention to cost structures to support that while we're also trying to grow and replace some of the refi volume that we've had. So, so thank you for the time. Uh, Greg, you were profound. Jeff, you said it how it was. Uh, and we all appreciate that. <laughs> thank you, Scott. Awesome. And for those thank of you... Thank God for the opportunity. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate and for those of you joining us, uh, thank you for listening. And until next time, bring more of your members home with a credit union mortgage. Thanks for listening and for being part of the Credit Union Movement. If you found this valuable, I'd love it if you review this show from wherever you find your podcasts. From all of us at True Home, we're thankful you're here. Keep tuning in to more on how to bring your members home where they belong.